Welcome to Ridgecrest Baptist. We thank you for listening. Now, here is this week's message. And turn with me to the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 1, and I want to read one verse, verse 4. And before I read that, let me kind of set everything up for you. As Kevin's already mentioned uh, today, I, I want to start a series that's simply uh, entitled, What's Next? And I want to be able to share that today. I want to talk about what's next and preach about waiting, waiting on the Lord. And in the next weeks to come, we've already built ourselves up and came to the Easter and the great resurrection story. And you read in the Bible about all the events that transpired after the resurrection of Christ, about Christ being seen of the hundreds of people, how He touched people's lives, and how there was such a miraculous change by everyone because He was not only then the coming Messiah, but He became the Savior of the world and how that just transformed the whole gospel message and what was next. So as I studied that, and as I prayed about that, and as I tried to understand where would I, in the time that I have here, to lead the church into the next steps, into the next uh, phase of it, then God just began to speak to me that we need to understand what's next. What better place to do that than the book of Acts? Uh, probably just chapter 1. If I could just get through chapter 1 in the next whatever time, and we understand what the beginning of that, what's next, how it would transform our lives and change our lives. And I want to do that next week. I want to talk about what's next and preach about being a witness that Christ said not only are we to wait this week, but next week we ought to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the third week, what's next is that we ought to work. We ought to take what we've waited on. We ought to take the, the power that we have to witness, and we ought to begin to work and build the church that God would have us to build. So I, I'm not sure where all God's going to lead us in this, but I pray that you would pray with me about that, that we would just see what's next. What has God got in store? What does God have next for Ridgecrest Baptist Church? What is the next step? What is the next phase? Where do we go from here uh, in all that God's got in store for us? Well, we need to understand about the concept of what's next. It's not an event. It's not some kind of series. But it's about us coming together as a community of believers and that we take the Word of God and we see what God's Word says. You know this as well as I, that if we as a church turn inward, we will die. If in this first chapter of the book of Acts, if they would have turned inward and just praised and been thankful for everything that they had and everything they were doing, the church would not be here today. But thank God, rather than turning inward, they turned outward, and the church exploded and it grew as it was supposed to. And that's what God's commanded us to do. So I believe the real beginning of the church is in the book of Acts. That it's all about the blueprint if this is the way Christ started it, then this is the way we ought to live our lives as well. And so my prayer, my desire is that as we 
begin this study of Acts, or at least the first chapter or two, that it would help us to move to new heights in our work for the Lord and in our commitment for the Lord Jesus Christ. But first, we need to wait, is what he said. Verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, how important, assembled with them, He, the resurrected Savior, the resurrected Lord, the one that had broke the bonds of death and sin and the grave, He had become victorious over all of that for you and for me, that He gathered with them. And then the Bible says, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have already heard of Me. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the privilege that You've given us to see what's next. Not only what's next out of Scripture this morning, but God, what's next for us as individuals? What's next For this church. God I pray that you speak to us. On all the realms. And all the levels. For which we find ourselves. Where we live at today. Of all the things that we are facing. And Lord I realize. That in a group this size. That everybody's going through something. And they're all looking for what's next. In their life. And I pray that this morning Lord. That we understand that you may be wanting us. At this moment. Like the very beginning. That we must wait. And in that waiting, we must hear the voice of God. And Father, as you speak to us, I know that you will guide us. You will lead us in every step that we take. And Father, you will bless it. So Lord, speak to us today. And Father, my prayer would be that what's next would be for that soul that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Savior today. It would be to follow you and to trust you. Maybe others that need to take that next step as we've seen this morning by following you in believers' baptism. It may be what's next by uniting with this church and putting their life and investment into this church for the growth of this church. Lord, I don't know what it may be, but you do. We trust that your Spirit will lead and guide in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the idea or the concept of waiting in our society is just alien. We don't, we don't know about waiting. We don't like to wait about anything. I, I don't know. If you don't mind waiting, I need to talk to you afterwards because this preacher needs all the help uh, that I can get. It seems like all of my life I wait for this or that or the other, and I don't have one ounce of patience about my life. I thought about that, that we live in a society that everything moves away from us waiting. You know, I can remember the time that if you wanted to watch a movie in your home, you waited to a video store. A lot of you don't even know what videos are, but you waited for a video to come to the store. You would go buy it, you'd bring it home, and you'd watch that movie, and it always had a message, be kind and rewind uh, before you carried it back. 
The next step was because trying to speed that process up, that you could go and buy a DVD and plug it in, watch that movie, and you didn't have to rewind, that uh, then you would just carry it back. The next was the Netflix that you could order it through the mail, and it took several days, and then that movie would come in. Now we have this concept, and I don't understand it, and the truth is, I don't want to understand it, so don't try to explain it to me, is this concept of, of streaming, that everything's on demand, whether it's on our personal devices, whether it's on our TV or whatever else it may be, because everything has this smart concept, and so it just adds to the fact that we do not do good waiting about anything. But the Bible says... In the beginning of the church, and in the beginning of the church as it begins to explode, God said, before you get to all of that, we need to wait. What's next, God? Don't you imagine those disciples that had seen the resurrected Lord, those over 500 that had seen the resurrected they wanted to hit the ground running. They wanted to go out and win the world. They wanted to do everything that they had been taught, that they had studied, that they knew about. And yet in the midst of that, God said, I want you to wait. It's always about what's next in our lives. I've come to realize that waiting time, even though I don't like it, is never wasted time. We need to plan, we need to pray, but then we need to get on board with what God would have us to do. I believe there's a time to pray, and there's a time to move, and if we do it in that order, then I know God's going to, to bless it. Here's my statement, and if you don't get anything else, I think this is it. That waiting on the Lord may be the most difficult aspect of the Christian life, because it's easier said than done. So what do we do while we wait? I believe waiting is a process of becoming what God wants us to be. What God does in us while we wait is as important as what God is about to do while we're waiting. And those that wait are those that end up doing the work. They are the ones that make the preparation. A farmer goes out and there's a moment that he waits on the harvest. But he waits on the harvest after he's plowed the land, he's planted the seed, he's watered, he's done all the things that he needs to, and then he waits on the harvest. That's exactly where the New Testament church is in this moment of their life. And it may be right where we are. That we make the preparation and that we stand back with confidence as we wait for God to move and we wait for God to do what only God can do for us. So I want to share with you four things this morning. You're going to have to listen fast and we're going to get through this and I'm going to get you out of here this morning. First of all, we need to wait and know that that requires trust. See, we don't live by that today. Our philosophy is, don't stand there, do something. But a biblical concept of that is, don't just do something, stand there and trust God in the midst of it. See, when we trust God to know that He can handle all of that, we have to trust God in everything about our lives today. You need to trust God 
in your relationships, in your finances, in your careers, in your dreams, in your churches. All of us need to learn to wait, and it requires trust. But we don't like that because we don't like waiting on anything. People don't like to wait in carpool lines. The discussion every Wednesday night when we come to church here is how long it took people to get to church on Wednesday night because of all the traffic and all the road work and everything going on. And I, I, I tell you, we need to lay hands on a lot of us when we get here because we're not where we ought to be. Because we don't like waiting in line because we're not accomplishing anything. But waiting requires trust. Many of you are waiting for a lot of things in your lives right now. Some of you are waiting for me to get through this sermon this morning so you can get to where you need to be. But I've come to realize, and that's what the Scripture's teaching us, that it requires trust for us and that God knows what He's doing. When I trust Him while I'm waiting, I know God's got everything in His hand and that I just trust Him because I know that God knows best. But secondly, we ought to wait because God is in control. What we do while we're waiting is important. If you read this morning Psalms 130 verses 5 and 6, you know the story. It's about the watchman. You know, in ancient times, all of those ancient cities had walls, and they always had watchmen that sat on the wall all night long. Their job was to do that, to protect the city for, from the enemies. If they saw an enemy, they cried out, they blew a trumpet. They had different ways that they would notify the sleeping residents of that city that we need to get up and we need to get ready. The whole concept of Psalm 130 ties in to what Jesus said in this verse, that we are to wait on the Lord. That watchman's job was to wait and to watch. And as long as he did that, he was doing his job. The enemies came, he was ready for that. He was to be awake and alert and obedient and ready to respond at that moment. The watchman didn't do anything to make anything happen because he couldn't control when the sun was coming up. That was in God's hands. And the whole concept of what the psalmist is telling us there, that there are those times like that watchman that we got to wait on the Lord. And when we wait on Him, it's going to come when God raises the sun up and that we must trust Him and know that God's got all of that in control and, and we've got to trust Him through that. See, that watchman had to learn what his job was and what God's job was. And while you and I wait on the Lord, that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, you're in control of all of this, and I'm going to do what I need to do, and you're going to do what you need to do as well. When God's in control, that helps me to understand that I know that I'm not in charge, that I'm in the waiting room, that I'm waiting on God, and I'm waiting on His wisdom and His timing. Also, when I know that God's in control, that tells me that I'm not God. That God's God. And I'm just who I am today. See, I'm one of those, and many of you may be like me, I want to fix things. 
I want to get to the bottom of things, whether problems or relationships, conflicts in churches or anything else. Every church I ever pastor, when there was a conflict, I went right then. I didn't want it to summer. I didn't want anything else. I wanted to be right in the middle of doing all of those things because I want to fix it. I want to hurry up and get everything where it needs to be. But I have to remind myself a lot of times I'm not God. And I may not be able to fix those situations. And then I need to know that God's in charge, in charge and God's going to handle all that. I am just a watchman as you are a watchman. And we need to wait and see what God's going to do. But then thirdly, we need to wait because God will do His work. The problem is we want to do God's work and we want to speed God's word up. I'm reminded of William Carey who, when he became a missionary and he had such passion and faith, wanted to see God do something. But he was on the mission field seven years before he ever had one convert. But yet out of that, God was getting to bless and there was great ministry and great work. But Carey had to wait. Adrian Judson had to do the very same thing in Buma. Seven years before the first person came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We all want to grow the church. We don't understand why on Sunday mornings the parking lot's not full and the building's not filled like it was last week. And we want to speed that up and we want to... Uh, we want to fire the preacher and fire the staff because we think it's all about their work and everything else. When the bottom line is that we need to wait. We need to let God do what God needs to do in us and in you. And as God does that, then the timing will come as it needs to. You're like me. I always see what we could do. I, could, I always see what we should be doing. I always see the unmet needs and the hurts of other people. And I look around us and, and I get all anxious because I know that there are people that's going to spend an eternity in hell. And folks, I can't stand that. It just consumes me and it overwhelms me. And God has to remind me again and again, Albert, wait, this is God's work. I can't save anybody. But I must wait on the Lord, and when I am endued with power, when the promise comes, then I can go out and reach those as they need to be, because God's timing is always best. God is working. Let me remind you, God is working at all times, even when we are waiting and it looks like nothing is happening. And then lastly, this morning, we need to wait. Because God gives us the strength to do so. You know, I struggle to know it's good, it's best of what God has for me when I wait on God. Not easy. But I struggle with that sometimes. I love the scripture that Isaiah wrote for us and uh, through God's Word in Isaiah. And there are many other scriptures we might look. But he says, but those who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Run and not faint. It is all about having our souls renewed. 
these disciples and these early Christians had gone through and it was a whirlwind in three days of all the events and God wanted to establish the church but He wanted their soul ready for what's going to happen. If they had not waited, there would be no Ridgecrest Baptist Church this morning because there'd be no church today. But because they waited on God, they wanted to know what's next. They wanted God to do whatever God was going to do as they wanted to burst out and see the world met with the message of Christ. But they had to wait. Because everything they would have done if they would have run out there in the flesh would have failed and the church would have failed. But because they waited on the Spirit of God, the church blossomed and the church has grown. And the church is where it is today because that group of people, when they looked at what's next, they believed that we need to wait on the Lord. That's the message for us. That's what God's saying to us this morning. What's What's next for Ridgecrest? What's next for Albert Lyles? To wait on the Lord. Has the Lord ever failed you? Has the Lord ever not had what ready, whatever was next in your life. You trusted Him then. And He's saying, will you trust me today? Will you trust me for what's ahead? Will you trust me to believe that I know what, what's being done? We, if we will wait on the Lord, we like those early disciples will catch the Spirit. And God will become the mover. And not us. I think that's what's wrong in our society today. We, we want to do it all. And we rush things. And that's why you see a great outburst. And then it dies. Because it's been built on what we want. Instead of upon what God wants. We're doing it. Instead of God doing it through us. So what's next? To wait. And let God be God. In God's own timing. So what's next? To wait on the Lord. Do you have the patience this morning to wait on the Lord? Do you have the the trust this morning to wait on the Lord? To say, God, you hold it all in the palm of your hand. And God, ever how you want to handle this, whatever you want to do will be all right. God, you just handle it today. If everybody in this building would be willing to do that, and God saw that, how much God would do in us and through us and for us if we would just say, Lord, what's next? And if He says wait, then we're waiting on the Lord. Is He speaking to you today? Maybe there's something individually or maybe you as a church or maybe you in a classroom or you on this committee or that committee. But God's saying today in this what next is that you wait on the Lord. Would you stand with me for prayer? Father, I pray that in this moment of invitation that God, you'd just speak to our hearts. Lord, I I don't know what waiting room that people find themselves in today. I'm not even sure, Lord, where we are as a church in the waiting room of God this morning. But God, I believe 
that if we wait on you and trust you, that God, you can do a mighty work. And I pray that during this invitation today, men and women and boys and girls would be willing to take the next step and say, Lord, whatever it is you want to do in my life, whatever place I need to go, whatever things I need to do, God, I just give it all to you this day. We hope this message will help you in your spiritual walk and growth. For more about Ridgecrest, please visit us on the web at www.rbc-tuscaloosa.com. Have a great day, and God bless.